Good Health is brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System. Now let's welcome our host, Caitlin Kozad. Good morning and welcome to Good Health Live, brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System. I'm Caitlin Kozad, the host for Good Health. Here with me this morning in the KOHU studio is board-certified family medicine physician, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and our emergency department medical director, Dr. Robert McCauley. Today, we are discussing the importance of choosing the right care at the right time, especially pertaining to our emergency room services, our urgent care services, and our primary care services. Dr. Carlson and Dr. McCauley, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, Dr. McCauley, let's begin with a little about you. Uh, What is your role in Good Shepherd's Emergency Department, and how many years have you been serving in healthcare? My role at Good Shepherd uh, Emergency Department is that of medical director, and I'm a practicing physician as well. Um, I've been in emergency medicine for more than 20 years currently, and I've been at Good Shepherd about three years at this time. Um, and I still practice several days per month on the floor seeing patients. Fantastic. Um, Dr. Carlson, a family medicine physician, how long have you been practicing at Good Shepherd Urgent Care? And share with us a little about you and your background. So I've been at Good Shepherd Urgent Care just short of four years now. Um, My medical background, I caught the medical bug, as I like to call it, all the way back when I was a paramedic for 16 years and then made the decision to go back to medical school. And that brought me to family medicine, an area where I was able to practice basically cradle-to-grave medicine. With my role in urgent care, I get to see the vast majority and kind of the full expanse of human experience in dealing with the healthcare system. Absolutely. Well, I'm very glad to have you both here with us today. Um, Our topic of discussion, as I said earlier, is use of our emergency room versus use of our urgent care, as well as when to utilize primary care. Our goal today is to offer information about these services so that you, our listeners, can make an informed decision about what level of care to seek. So let's start by explaining what each of those services are here for. So this is the gap when we both look at each other and say, were well, you going to talk about this? I thought I was going to talk about this. So we'll start off with primary care. Uh, primary care is that ground base, that kind of place that is your home when we're talking about concerns of chronic health care uh, with situations or concerns like diabetes or high blood pressure. It is also the place that you go for routine medical screenings for Uh, cholesterol, and especially for women with well women visits. When we look at the management of times when you cannot get into your primary care, have more of urgent needs that are beyond the scope of care of primary care, which include fractures, head injuries that are simple. So if you were playing football and you got a stinger, and you weren't knocked unconscious, that those kind of things are appropriate to bring into urgent care. Remembering, urgent care is not meant to replace your services with emergency department, and also it's not meant to replace your relationship with your primary care provider. And the emergency department is available 24-7 because 
we want to treat true emergencies. That's why we're there. When you think that you have something that either is or could lead to a life-threatening situation, no matter what the cause, that's why we're, we're available to the community. One of the things we want to do and one of the purposes of this discussion is making sure that we get people to the right place so that when you have an emergency that we're available for you and the system is not overrun. And so as we've been through this pandemic this last year, I think it's made us think a lot about how we use services and, and how we can better serve our community. Absolutely. Um, some other key differences are hours of operation. And as you likely know, our listeners, um, the emergency department is open 24-7 every day of the year. Uh, the ER is located next to the main hospital entrance on our campus. Our urgent care is open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Sundays from 8 a.m. to noon. And the urgent care is located in the Columbia Professional Plaza, which is on Elm Street next to the hospital. Um, our primary care clinic and rural health clinic have normal business hours Monday through Friday and require an appointment. And they are each right there on Good Shepherd's campus. So uh, the next question I wanted to ask you both, um, what is the purpose of primary care and when should a person seek primary care? So as I alluded to a moment or two ago, when we talk about primary care, again, this is the place where you establish a long-term relationship with a provider. This can be a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, or a physician who are all trained to help you with those chronic health concerns that don't present as a acute or a emergency or urgency on that day. They help you with regular prescriptions of medication, and you can really think about it as an idea of maintenance. This isn't the time to go into a primary care provider. If you think about an automotive analogy, like the wheels are falling off your truck, this is when you need an oil change. You want to go into the services of primary care when you have that long-term relationship and you know your provider. One of the great things about our services at the Good Shepherd Urgent Care is recently we now do have Dr. Stuart Sweena who has joined our practice and he is currently taking primary care and what he calls lifestyle patients to be able to help out with the community's need and we know that there's a need within the community for primary care and at Good Shepherd we're trying to help meet that. Yes. Um, so now let's go into urgent care. So when should an individual choose care at our urgent care? So this is Dr. Carlson again. This is really within my area. I've done both <laughs> primary care and I have the honor of serving the Hermiston community doing urgent care now. Urgent care is when you start to have problems that are outside of something that can be handled or is not considered to be a maintenance visit. Using the auto analogy again, this is when your hubcaps have flown off and maybe you have a flat tire, but you haven't crashed the car. <laughs> These would be times of when you have simple abdominal cramping, sometimes with sprains, strains, maybe when you're out there and deciding that today is the day that you're going to try to repaint the house and it is a little bit too hot and you're not feeling all that great. Those would be all times when you're looking at it it's an urgent situation that can't wait until the next business day, and you need some medical assistance. Yes, so now let's describe what medical needs could arise when a person should seek care in our emergency room. First off, anything that would be considered a major change 
that you think could be life-threatening. Some are very obvious, like chest pain, sudden onset of shortness of breath, sudden onset of severe abdominal pain, um, limb-threatening injuries, major accidents, uh, falls from great heights, or even simple falls if you're on blood thinners. But we're basically there to make sure that if there's something that you think could threaten life or limb, either one, and I know that sounds simple, but really if you think of it that way, if there's something that you think could be threatening to that, then that's what we're there to help you with. Maybe it won't be an emergency, but we want to make sure that you're okay. This, the goal of this is not to deflect you to just a lower level of care, but making sure that you seek care, the right care at the right time. And I, I think it's very important to note that I appreciate what Dr. Carlson has, has shared with regard to the spectrum of things they can seek at ur or care for at urgent care, because it really helps the entire system. At times when we go through certain waves of viral illnesses or different things, the system can, can sometimes get stretched to the breaking point. But if we all kind of think about where we go and, and how to use the system, we can actually all be part of the solution to the system by being at the right place at the right time. You said that so well, and I think you know that's the goal today is, is being able to educate the community a bit more. Um, so thank you for explaining all of that. Um, so uh, what can a patient expect when they visit our emergency department? Maybe you could describe kind of the process from start to finish. It's a really good question. I think it's important to have a, the proper expectation when arriving at the emergency department. Our goal really is to see people as quickly as possible. The national average is between 30 and 60 minutes for a patient to be seen. Our median time currently is about 14 minutes to be seen. Now, when I say that, you have to remember that with fluctuations in volumes and acuity, this can vary widely. Um, and so when you come to the emergency department and you will go up to the initial window and you tell them you need to be seen and you'll give them a brief description of what you need to be seen for, if we're not very busy or if we have open beds, I should say, we'll just directly bed you at that time and you'll go directly to a room, be seen by a nurse and usually seen by a provider fairly quickly. If, however, the department is full at that time, that's when the triage process actually kicks in. And triage just simply means to sort. That's all it means. And what you do is you sort based upon acuity of condition and life-threatening condition. So obviously, if I come in with a sprained ankle and Dr. Carlson comes in with severe chest pain, even if I've been there long, for a longer period of time, he's getting the first available room, not me. That's just how that works, and it's simply... It, you can't think of it just like a restaurant. This is actually trying to treat things in an in a order and a fashion that will do the best for, for every patient that comes to the department. To help offload that, however, we do have, from the hours of 10 in the morning till 10 at night, we do have a fast track area, which is more for the ankle sprain and things like that, that we can help move through a little bit more quickly so you don't have to sit and wait for a higher acuity bed or keep getting bumped down the line. Once you're seen back in the department, you'll usually be seen by the nurse, and they'll ask you a series of questions. And I'm sorry, some of the questions seem a little bit silly at times, but there are certain government mandates of questions that we have to ask. And I, I know at times it can be quite frustrating. Why do I have to answer all these questions? Am I safe at home? And have I been out of the country? Especially when you're in pain, but we're still required to do these things. So please bear with us when the nurses do that. 
And then we'll usually order our labs and, and x-ray tests. Please realize that labs, the average turnaround for most labs is somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and a half. And depending on what type of x-rays, it can be fairly quick sometimes for just a plain film. But if it's a CT scan, by the time you get the read, it's I would count on at least an hour to an hour and a half turnaround time on that. Remember, if you're going to, as an outpatient, these things can sometimes take days or weeks to get. So three hours may seem like a long time when you're sitting there, but quite honestly, that's very rapid. So just keep those things in mind. Towards the end of your visit, you'll be told whether you are going to be discharged or whether you'll be admitted to the hospital. If you're discharged, there'll usually be medications involved and follow-up. And this is where other services I think we're going to talk about as far as follow-up will come into play later. But that's just the general overall experience. I would say generally when you go to the emergency department, especially for run-of-the-mill things like chest pain, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, even if you're going home, I would plan on being there most likely about three hours for something like that. Ankle sprains and, and things and earaches tend to be much shorter, but obviously just having a, a proper expectation when you arrive, I think can, can really help your overall experience. Absolutely. Um, so uh, what could a patient expect when going to Good Shepherd Urgent Care? A lot of the similar experiences that you're going to have in the emergency department, you're going to have when you're signing in and checking into the Good Shepherd Urgent Care. As people come into the clinic, as a staff at our front desk, we do also try and prioritize those individuals that need a higher level of care. It does become frustrating if you've been sitting there and note somebody coming in and then see them being brought back before you. If that is happening, it is important to remember that we aren't creating a differential treatment because of that person. It's because of what they're experiencing that needs to be seen a little bit quicker. We're not downplaying your concern. We just need to be able to provide a little bit faster care for that individual that comes in with their concern. Once you get back into your room, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions as well. I once had an instructor that said, if you let the patient speak, they will tell you what's wrong with them. As physicians and with, as providers, very early in the appointment, that is our role, is to listen to what your concern is so that we can help work with you to come towards a treatment that you can endorse and that we can help you feeling better as quickly as possible. Our laboratory services and imaging services, so x-ray and ultrasound, are done on an outpatient basis. Sometimes we're able to get answers back right away because we're able to get the x-ray imaging done. Unfortunately, sometimes with laboratory studies and things that take a little bit longer time, it may be once you've left the office that we give you a call back or maybe even the next day. But we do really work hard at the Good Shepherd Urgent Care to satisfy those answers that help us move towards a diagnosis to help you in the best way we can as quickly as we can. Yes, and um, x-ray services are right there next door so you don't even have to leave <laughs> just down the hallway yes um so primary care um what should somebody expect uh when they're seeking primary care maybe you could walk us through that dr carlson <laughs> so it's gonna again the the intake process the the process of setting appointments is the kind of the thing that almost everybody has the most experience with hopefully they're not spending a lot of time in the emergency department when i was a child the 
emergency department staff at my local hospital actually knew me by name. So that's not anything I would wish for anyone. I had a very active childhood. The staff at your primary care provider should definitely know your name, and that's that place, again, where you establish that personal relationship for long-term care. You're going to get checked in. You'll go back. Vital signs will be taken, so blood pressure, how often you're breathing, your weight, your height. And then when you get back in the room, again, you'll get to share your story, tell your history to the nursing staff and to the provider staff, and then work with those individuals. And and I prefer in my practice, and I know that a lot of physicians do, that kind of ability to work with the patient as opposed to just giving directives, if you will, because I've found in my practice when you have somebody that's invested in their care that they usually have better outcomes. So you'll get information from the physician, you'll get diagnoses, maybe laboratory studies will be ordered, and then they'll come up with a plan and when they want you to follow up. When we talk about follow-up, that's the place in primary care that follow-up happens. Mm -hmm. Well said. Um, so I'm going to jump back to uh, ER wait times. So Good Shepherd is excited to announce that our emergency department wait time is now posted on our website homepage uh, for ease of checking ahead. Um, and a reminder, our, our website is www.gshealth.org, and it's right there on the homepage. So Dr. McCauley, maybe you could talk about, um, about that new service for the community. Well, I'd like to talk just overall about wait times because I think that's when people come to the emergency department, let's face it, bottom line is I'm hurting or I have an urgent need, emergent need, and I feel, I mean, we're all this way. I'm this way. You're this way. When I'm sick or I don't feel well, I want to be seen. I want to be seen now. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a priority. Why isn't it a priority to you? <laughs> so, so we do. What I want to, first of all, assure you is that... Um, we make every effort to see everybody as soon as possible. I'm very proud of our track record over the last three years at reducing our wait times to be seen. We've reduced it from just under uh, one hour, it was about 50 minutes, five zero, to consistently less than 15 minutes for our median wait times. Amazing. So that doesn't happen by accident. That's a huge effort on the entire team. We've made changes the way we process patients so we can do get them seen more quickly. And I say that all to say that when you do come, if you have to wait, it's not because nobody cares and nobody doesn't want you back faster. It's because of just where we're at within this, the, the system at that time. We have a number of uh, limited number of available beds. Um, the hospital is sometimes full. Transfers are very difficult at this time. We've been having to transfer patients great deal, just great distances, excuse me. And so this affects everybody all the way to the chair in the waiting room because what you need is a bed available and trying to get that bed available for you sometimes is the real struggle. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just say that so you understand what causes barriers to you being seen sometimes. Now, all of that said, that's kind of focusing on the negative. The positive is we really have improved dramatically, as I mentioned, in our what we call our door to provider time, the time for you to actually be seen and begin telling your story as Dr. Carlson mentioned. So now on the website you can go and look and my understanding is that this is a, a lag time of four of the four previous hours, a median, median wait time over the past four hours. 
which I think is very helpful because knowing what I know about the system, that gives me a pretty good clue as to how busy things are and how, quote, jammed up, end quote, the department may be. But if that number is low, it tells you that things are usually flowing pretty well. The one caveat I would, would add is things can change very rapidly in the emergency department, and surges are actually very common in the emergency department. Um, just over the past couple of days, in more of my administrative role being in the department, just watching, we've gone from periods where we have three, four patients in the emergency department to a full emergency department in less than an hour. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Please um, know that we want to get to you as soon as possible. If if there's anything we can do while you're waiting sometimes to be seen, please let us know. Your 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 business and, your, and, and our service to you are very important. And so um, we want to just work together with you to make sure that you get the care that you need. Yes, and um, I wanted to touch really quick on costs. Um, I'm sure uh, listeners can imagine uh, what role costs can play in a person's decision. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it does, and I think it's, it's a part of this conversation, probably not a focus of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Our conversation is more about just knowing when something comes up at home, where do I go? But I think it is important because just myself, if I'm in another community and myself or a family member has something urgent or emergent happen, if, if I can go to an urgent care, I'm going to an urgent care because mm-hmm. my out-of-pocket cost is tremendously less than if I go to the emergency department. That said, if I have a true emergency, mm-hmm. A, it doesn't matter. I've right. got to go where I could be taken care of. And then I also know my insurance will cover that more because it's a true emergency. Mm-hmm. So once again, I think that even though the focus of this is really not cost, if you follow the things that Dr. Carlson and I are talking about, it will help protect you from some exposure to costs as well. Do you have anything to add to that? Yes, unfortunately, we live in an age where insurance can be challenging, healthcare costs skyrocket, and things that we seemingly looked at in the past that didn't seem like they should cost all that much. We have a lot of people in the United States that one of the primary reasons that they go into significant debt and or bankruptcy is because of healthcare costs. Uh, how do we change that? Um, we, you can talk to your legislatures. We can work with insurance industry. But part of it also is being knowledgeable about the different services that are available to you in your area and the different levels of care. If you have a sore throat, and I realize that sometimes making these decisions can seem overwhelming. You're, you're sick. You're, um, you're hangry. You're, <laughs> you're having an incredibly bad day, maybe the worst day you've had in a very long time. And then you have two doctors coming on the radio telling you, you have to make a decision, and this is going to cost you. Um, I think that is primarily our role here today is to kind of help you delineate so you can make an informed decision to take some of that anxiety out of the decision that you make when you choose to go to emergency care, urgent care, or if it's a situation that can wait try and getting into your primary care provider. I would like to add just one other thing. Just, be, I like what you said. I, we're not trying to put pressure on you to make the big decision. It, 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 these things are really a spectrum. And and Dr. Carlson and I talk quite frequently. Um, if, if you do happen to show up at the urgent care and he feels that you need a higher level of care, he will make a call and you'll come see us. And we 
so if if you're not quite sure um we're here to help help guide you now i must put one caveat because of federal laws once you come to the emergency department i can't send you someplace else that is against the law so he can send to me i can't send to him so urgent care can send to the er er can't send to the urgent care just be aware of that um i just that that's your public service announcement. <laughs> and you can think of it really as an escalation. It's not so much of, of where we, we don't want to service you on the urgent care side. It's just that the services, the turnaround time, our ability, um, whereas in the emergency department, Dr. McCauley can have you be there and be observed for a matter of hours if right. it's necessary to be able to figure out what's going on, especially if it's a very complex case where in an urgent care, we're having those times of where we're getting you in, we get you in the room, we help take care of your problem, and we're trying to turn you around as quickly as possible because we don't have the space in the beds to be able to do observation. One other thing I would add to that is that when it does occur and you do get sent to the emergency department, we seriously have spoken many times, and I know he's done it with my other providers, so we try to do it in a way so that when you come we already know what we're, how we're going to proceed next. So it's not like you're just necessarily starting completely over. So just be mindful of that. We always try to have a very smooth handoff between urgent care at Good Shepherd and the emergency services at Good Shepherd. Yes, it's definitely teamwork, uh, all a team effort. Uh, so last question, um, anything else you both want our community to know? Wear sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Drink lots of water. Yeah, talk about this heat wave. My um, goodness. Yeah, this is, uh, I hate to use the term that we've used so many times <laughs> in the last five or six years of saying unprecedented <laughs> times, but um, the amount of heat that we're experiencing, you know, pretty much the devil's armpit out there, um, that it is so very hot. And the, the strange thing that we've noticed, and at least in urgent care, and Dr. McCulloch can also chime in on this, is that we're in these kind of temperatures, people are pretty smart. They're, they're spending time indoors. They're trying not to do heavy labor outside. If they do have to do something, they're doing it early in the morning. This is probably the time that you might hear your neighbor out at 6 a.m., even though it may already be 80. And if they're leaf blowing or they're doing their lawn mowing, please offer grace and compassion to them because we don't <laughs> want them out at 10 a.m. Or even like this morning where it was 85 degrees and it was only you know, just a few hours ago, and it's like, wow, right, that's right. hot. Mm -hmm. uh, so try and uh, the, the moral of the story there is if you have to do stuff out of doors, please do it early in the day when it's not as hot and make sure that you're drinking lots of fluids. I would just echo the fluids part. I've been telling everybody that I've seen in the emergency department just to drink plenty of fluids. It's, I know it's, I sound like your grandma, but it's a big, <laughs> it's a big deal and it really makes a difference. And the other thing I would say, just my little last public service announcement, is that um, if you haven't been vaccinated for COVID, please strongly consider this Delta variant. I'm 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 concerned that it may give us another surge. And as we begin to open things up, I want things open. I want life back to normal, as much or more than the next guy. But if you haven't considered getting a COVID vaccine or haven't done it yet, please strongly consider. And if you don't know how to go about it please feel free to contact us at the hospital um, and we could direct you. 
Yes, our, our website currently has um, our weekly vaccine clinics where we have all three vaccines available on our campus, and that's posted on our website at www.gshealth.org. It's time to wrap up good health today. You just heard from family medicine physician, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and Dr. Robert McCauley, our emergency department medical director at Good Shepherd. I want to thank you both for your amazing work you're doing and the positive impact you're making on this community. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks for having us. Be well out there. <laughs> Again, this is Good Health brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System, and we hope that you feel well informed in making your healthcare decisions, especially when it comes to what level of care to seek when your medical needs arise. Visit our website for more information on our services, and be sure to check out our ER wait times posted on our homepage. This is Good Health Live, brought to you by Good Shepherd Healthcare System in the KOHU studio. Thank you for joining us, and be well.